Father, we praise you, we worship you, we give all glory to you, all honour, praise, for you are worthy of it all. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are our Father who loves us. You have good gifts for us. We worship you today in spirit and in truth. Come, Lord Jesus, and inhabit the praises of your people. Amen. So my name is Philly Pearson-Miles and it is my privilege to be speaking to you this morning. Um, I am part of the Healing Centre team and throughout August we have been teaching about healing and uh, so I'm going to be speaking this morning and we're going to be reading from John chapter 10. So if you want to grab a Bible, we're going to be looking at John chapter 10 and I'm going to read beginning at verse one. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in the context of ministering healing, uh, I'm going to be speaking today about how we each can know his voice. And he is the good shepherd. And so you will notice I'm not saying we're going to pray for the sick, but that we heal the sick because we are all called to heal the sick. John uh, chapter 14, verse 12 it says, 
of everyone who believes will do the works that I have been doing. So that is you and me. We believe, we follow Jesus. And in Mark chapter 16, towards the end, it talks about uh, you will lay your hands on the sick and they will get well. So that is the context that I'm going to be speaking in today. And when we minister um, to those who are sick, it's, it's actually pretty straightforward and pretty easy because all we need to do, we, our starting point, as uh, my husband Patrick has talked about a couple of weeks ago about the nature of God and as Charlie Arbuthnot has been talking about, is we believe that it is God's nature to heal, it's who he is, it's his character, it's one of his names, I'm the God who heals you. So our starting place as we minister healing is God wants you well. He wants everyone well. So this is our starting place. So it's a given. So we don't need to approach somebody as we minister to them and say, mm, well, we're not sure whether God wants you well in this moment. So the only question that we need to come as somebody is ministered to, as we stand before them, the only question is, Father, how do you want to do it? And of course, John uh, um, 14 verse 9 talks about, um, sorry, John 5, 9, 5, 19 says, Jesus can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees his father doing. So that is our remit. Jesus is our model. We imitate him. And so we just come before the father and say, Father, how do you want to do it? That is why it's key for us to learn to recognize his voice. And we are his sheep. And this is a two-way conversation. That is what prayer, it is communing with God. It's not just us coming with our shopping lists of prayers. It is a two-way conversation. We can pray to our Father and he longs to speak to us. And so we can come with expectation because we are children of God. We come with full expectation that he wants to speak to us, that he does speak to us and that we can hear him. And uh, for those of you who are um, in one of our kingdom family communities, uh, we've been sending out some short little vid videos and uh, little tips ahead of this teaching session. And uh, I hope that some of you may have been encouraged to uh, deal with something that many of us face uh, possibly throughout our lives, which is uh, seasons or times when we may have uh, believed a lie, which is, I don't hear from God, or God doesn't speak to me. And we need to turn away from that lie. We need to deal with it. We need to flush it. It's rubbish. God loves you. He is your father. He wants to speak to you, and you can hear his voice. So I would just want to even encourage you, even now, maybe hit pause on the video even now, to just lift your gaze to him, repent, turn away from believing the lie that I don't hear from God, God doesn't speak to me, and perhaps change your language as well. Stop saying out loud, oh, I don't hear from God. And t t you know, turn away from that and just believe that he longs to speak to you and you can hear him. And don't forget, of course, it says, ask and you will receive. So ask him. Just take that time to ask him.
So looking uh, at this passage in John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4 say, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So how do we recognize God's voice? Well, I want to tell you a little story that um, something happened to uh, my husband Patrick and I uh, back in 1994. We had the privilege of meeting uh, a guy called John Wimber. John was the founder of what's called the Vineyard Movement, a group of churches who have had an incredible impact Uh, particularly in this country, uh, on the church in this country, uh, through worship and everything that uh, they had to teach. And Patrick and I had the privilege of meeting John in 1994. And uh, uh, I remember, I I think we were led into a a little sitting room and uh, Patrick uh, was sat next to John. He was quite a large man and Patrick was sort of squashed on the sofa next to him. And John was known for several things. Firstly, uh, he was known for having a healing ministry. Uh, He was also known particularly uh, for worship. And he was also known uh, because uh, he operated in extraordinary ways in words of knowledge. In other words, he could supernaturally uh, discern He could supernaturally know things uh, about people and it was an extraordinary ministry. Um, And, you know, he could literally pick people out and uh, have what what are called words of knowledge for them. And so Patrick knew this. And so whilst he was sitting uh, next to John, squashed on this sofa, he said to John, John, how is it that you hear so clearly from God? And in fact, John replied to Patrick by uh, discerning something about Patrick, which he knew. But then he came back later in the conversation and said, Patrick, to answer your question about how I hear so clearly from God, I think it's this. I think it's because I read my Bible and I pray. Which is a really annoying answer if you think about it. Because actually you'd quite like some sort of whistles and bells and some incredible uh, insight. But actually it boils down to reading your Bible and prayer, communing with God. And uh, so that is uh, what the, the starting place for each one of us to recognize his voice. And of course, for each one of us, when we spend time with those we love, with our loved ones over many years, of course we recognise people's voice. I don't know about you, but when I phone my mother on my landlord line, she picks up her phone and I say, hello, it's me. And she knows who it's me is because she recognises my voice. And so it's that time uh, and relationship that we learn to recognise somebody's voice. In the same way, we actually learn to recognise someone's ways Um, I'm struck by how in in verse 14 of um, chapter 10, it says, I'm the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. Now, that word know is interesting. Um, Sometimes it can be in the sense of an incredibly 
intimate way of knowing somebody. If you think about in Genesis chapter 4, it says Adam knew Eve. So it can be that a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse, that intimate, that close of knowing somebody. And uh, I love how in in Jeremiah uh, 31 verse 34, it talks about they will know me. And of course, in uh, the New Testament, Mary says, I knew, I know not a man. So that knowing clearly talks about that deep intimacy. So we, as we draw close, we can know him. And uh, so we can get to know somebody and know their ways, recognize their ways. Um, I recognize uh, my husband's ways. So for instance, he's got a slightly irritating cough, um, which I recognize when the garden gate goes, or uh, you know, I can hear him do this little cough. Or actually, one of my work colleagues, if I'm sitting tucked in the back office, I can tell by the way that person opens the office door. Um, I think I know who that is walking into the office because I work with that person for a long time. I've got to know their ways. So spending time. And uh, so I think that what we learn from this is how Jesus uh, learned to recognize the voice of his father. Because he says, I only do what my, I hear my father's taught me. And so for Jesus, it was very, very clear and very obvious from his lifestyle and the habits of his life, um, how Jesus withdrew to be with the Father and spend time with him. That is how he recognizes his voice and sees what he's doing. Because he's spending time with him, he recognizes God's ways, the Father's ways. He recognizes his voice. And we do, the, do well to do the same. And it's that thing of spending time. And that requires us to be fully intentional. We live in an age where we, frankly, are addicted to stimulation. And we've got noise going on all the time. So we need to learn and be intentional to withdraw. So as Jesus did, just think of the pressure that he was under with the crowds hemming in around him, people wanting to to be healed or learn from him just to be around him. And yet he constantly withdrew to be with the Father, to be on his own, to have that intimate time with him. And we need to learn to do the same and recognize Jesus' ways. And it does require being intentional. I would never forget when my children were younger and they were doing their homework, I was, couldn't quite work out how they could do their homework whilst having Facebook open, Instagram going, music going, and so they've got this noise constantly. But I recognise it myself that even if I get in the car, I'm putting the radio on or having music on, and I think that we need to learn to enjoy silence because uh, I I think it's like an addiction that we have to have noise and of course that means head noise as well so let's be intentional to take the time and I think that busyness is is just such an enemy for us to get over busy overstimulated Patrick and I have been uh, reading recently uh, a great book by a chap called John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he encourages us all to, to put into practice those disciplines, those habits of Jesus. And those habits were just this thing, solitude and silence, enjoying Sabbath, simplicity in life, 
I've been trying to simplify my life for years. I've got too much stuff. I've got too much clutter. That stuff clutters up my head as well, as well as my home and my space. But uh, So it's learning to simplify and also learning to slow down so that we can walk with the Father. You know, it says keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So as we walk with him, we learn to slow down our lives. And there are, in fact, in this book, talks about a few, quite a few um, practical things that we can do. And one of those is turning off your phone. I need to do that. So we need to be intentional. And as we draw near to God, it says, he draws near to us. James 4, verse 8. So what are the different ways that we hear God? If I believe that hearing God, it's basically God spontaneously bringing something to our minds. And as we minister to people, as we're praying, as we're asking the Father, God spontaneously brings something to mind. And I think that one of the primary ways that he speaks to us is through Scripture. So we need to read the Bible. We need to make time, as I have said. And we can't bypass this stuff. I'm afraid there are no shortcuts. So as we read the word and uh, immerse ourselves into it, then the Lord can bring to mind scripture, verses, so that we can bring the word of God to those that we're ministering to, to be a blessing to them and to bring healing. And I've uh, been learning as well recently. I had this, I had a, what I call a waking dream a few months ago. Um, and it was pretty gross, I have to say. I had this dream that I was eating something and it was a bit like dog food. I mean, it was really disgusting. And I have to say, I slightly woke up with a bit of a jolt because it was so revolting. And uh, I felt the Lord saying to me that I was um, feeding myself on unbelief and uh, that unbelief was coming at me through the radio so I just ha- have a bit of a habit of getting up in the morning and tsh, putting the radio on I, uh, we used to listen to uh, Radio 4 in the mornings and uh, it's just bad news let's face it, it's just all bad news and I just don't think we're designed to cope with so much bad news you know, we have good news and uh, so I think what's interesting is that, don't forget, it says faith comes by hearing. And I think that reality is unbelief comes through hearing as well. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's feed ourselves on truth. Let's feed ourselves on good stuff. You know, Jesus encouraged us to take our daily bread and man cannot live by, on, on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, uh, you know, I think that if we don't read our Bibles, and even if we miss, uh, even for a day, we begin to think like the world. That's not to condemn us. I know that, again, when, when our children were little, there were times I didn't even know where my Bible was. That's when we need to be part of the community and encouraging one another. So that's not to condemn, but just to to say, you know, guys, find your Bibles, get stuck in. It's good stuff. And as we read, how he speaks to us is uh, uh, 
there are times when I've been reading, I'm like, Lord, I really want to hear from you. I really want to hear from you. And uh, it's, it's as though a verse leaps out from the page. Or sometimes I get to a verse, I just can't get beyond it. I almost get stuck. And I'm like, okay, you've got my attention. What are you saying? What are you saying? It's pressing in and asking, what are you saying? And uh, so I think that this is how God will speak to us. Another way that uh, God speaks to us is uh, um, through seeing. You'll often hear uh, believers talking about, when they're ministering, they'll say, oh, I have a picture. And, um, you know, if you think about it, that's slightly sort of a random way to speak. But actually what they're talking about is, is having a, uh, an image in your mind's eye so again, it's something that God spontaneously brings to mind. So you can sort of think, oh, this random image has just popped into my mind. Um, and I think you can be, you know, if you've asked God to speak, then you can be confident that it is him speaking. It's very often our first thoughts are from God. The second thought quite often is us, it has to be said. And you will remember throughout the Old Testament that the prophets were known as seers. Uh, which is really interesting. So, for instance, uh, Samuel was a seer. Gad was a seer. I think Jeremiah was known as a seer. In uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, the Lord says to Jeremiah, the prophet, he says, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, I see the branch of an almond tree. So he has an image in his mind's eye, and then the Lord speaks to him through that by giving an interpretation, and then Jeremiah uh, prophesies. Uh, Amos chapter 8 again says to Amos, Amos, what do you see? And he says, I see uh, a basket of fruit. So it's interesting, again, through the, through the um, Old Testament, they were called seers. And uh, I know for myself that God very often speaks through these images, or, or sometimes it sort of plays out almost like a video uh, in my mind's eye. So that is, that is another way that God speaks. Um, we also uh, can have a sense of what God is saying. Um, it's, this is quite difficult to, to explain really what this is. When you have a knowing, a knowing uh, about something, somebody said, it's, I know it in my knower. It's very difficult, it's quite sort of nebulous to describe how you know something. Um, but it's basically sort of revelation knowledge. It's that supernatural knowledge. So when I was talking earlier about John Wimber, he operated in, in this, a, a, a gift of the spirit, which is words of knowledge. And I think an example of this would be Jesus ministering to the Samaritan woman at the well. He knew stuff about her. He knew she'd had five husbands. He knew that the man she was with was not her husband. So that is an example of, of a knowing, a supernatural revelation and um, uh, you'll often hear people, um, as, as they minister, will say, I have a sense that God might be saying something like this. So uh, uh, it's that sense, it's a knowing, um, and so that is one way that we know God speaks to us. Sometimes he might uh, give you word, a word, literally just a word or words. And I remember years ago, I was ministering to um, somebody and this word popped into my head, which was lavender beds. And it was just sort of random and popped out like this. And I thought it was a bit odd, but I just thought, okay, well, I'm just going to go for it. And so I said to this girl, I, I have this word, lavender beds. 
And she immediately felt overwhelmed with the sense of God's love for her as she knew that this was something she loved. And she said to me, she said, it's funny you say that. She said, yesterday I flew back from France and I have been in Provence and walking in the lavender beds. God knows what I love. And uh, I have to say though, I tried to embellish this word, which was a big mistake. So I started going, well, maybe God means this and started talking about the fragrance of God. And, you know, I think there's always a danger of us, you know, going a little bit beyond the remit, as it were, and embellishing a word from God. If I just said lavender beds, it would have just spoken volumes to her, which thankfully it did. Uh, So that's words. Um, Another way God can speak to us as we minister is um, through our feelings. And uh, so we can... uh, feel stuff again it's 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 if you think it's the holy spirit his holy spirit dwelling in each one of us and so our feelings we can feel um tears we can feel pain sometimes it's like a sympathy pain maybe you've got a pain in your elbow which you know is wasn't there before and that could be a, a sense of god wanting to, to minister to that person and bring healing we can have an overwhelming feeling of peace And uh, something which I have certainly felt in the past as I've ministered to people is a feeling of anger. Um, And I've sort of been learning about this. I remember years ago feeling angry um, when I was praying for somebody who's very sick. And I questioned this. I felt embarrassed. But um, uh, there's a verse in Mark chapter 1 when Jesus heals the leper. And there are um, different translations. So when you look at your Bible, uh, you will see there'll be some little footnotes because some translations will uh, uh, translate this as Jesus had compassion on the man. And others will say uh, Jesus was indignant. Now, of course, Jesus wasn't angry with the man, uh, but my sense is he was either indignant slash angry at the sickness, because of course, the sickness only comes from the devil. It only comes from the thief is the one who steals, kills, and destroys. So maybe Jesus was angry, uh, or possibly he was angry towards um, possibly the temple or the priests and the religious system, because according to the Old Testament, they should have been able to deal with this, this leprosy. So that's uh, just a little uh, um, example about feelings. So um, now, of course, there are many, many other ways that God speaks to us. But because I'm just going to be talking about in this context of us ministering healing, um, I would just love to encourage you, uh, if you want to look at other things, so for instance, um, trances, visions, visitations, audible voice, dreams. Um, Jim Waddell did a great talk on this. Uh, It's called Hearing God's Voice. He did it back in November 2019 as uh, part of our month of discernment. And uh, so have a listen to that uh, because he goes into more detail about that. Um, But just to draw briefly about dreams, um, we certainly here at Chanctonbury are increasingly aware 
of God speaking to us in our dreams. There have been many of us, I would say in the last two years particularly, God has been speaking to us in our dreams. And so we are learning to pay attention. We need to press in and learn a bit more. Um, uh, and so I would just encourage you, if you uh, are dreaming, to write it down. And there are some good books out there. And in fact, last summer, um, we did a workshop on dream interpretation. So maybe we'll, we'll get that to do that um, one day another time. And uh, so that is something we're learning. And I also just want to touch briefly on um, something which we're learning about, which we call the language of the Holy Spirit. And um, this is, uh, again, something that uh, stops you in your tracks and gets your attention. So uh, some years ago, I'd had a dream uh, about a white stag I saw in my dream. And then in the morning, one, I think I must have put Radio 4 on, heard on the news that a white stag had been seen up in Scotland. And they certainly were rare. I'm not sure if they're less rare now, but uh, they, it, it was on main news uh, that a white stag had been seen. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. I just had a dream about that. And then that evening, um, I was reading one of my children a bedtime story, and it was from uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe. And the, we, we'd got to the last chapter, which is about the white stag. And I was captivated as I read this chapter. And um, again, that's just a little example of, uh, I, my, for me, I find that uh, God often speaks to me through secular books, secular songs and secular films. That's just how I'm learning to recognize God's voice. So it's something that arrests me and I go, okay, I think God's speaking. So for this thing about the white stag, as I was hearing all throughout the day, it caught my attention. I just think that is what one would call, that is the language of the Holy Spirit. So in those moments, it's time to say, God, you've got my attention. What are you saying? So it's pressing in. Um, so, uh, there we go, that's about that. So, when are the times that uh, we might hear from God? Um, I want to read to you a little uh, passage uh, from the Old Testament from um, two kings, because uh, one of the um, times that we can really find ourselves hearing from God is in worship, when we are caught up in worship. Two kings chapter 3 uh, is a story uh, about King uh, Jehoshaphat and Elisha. And uh, verse 11 says, Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? Then one of the king of Israel's servants answered, Elisha, the king of Shaphat is here. And uh, verse 15, it says, Elisha says, now bring me a musician and when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. So then he heard from the Lord and he prophesied. So it's, I love the fact Elisha wanted to hear from the Lord. So he said, bring me a musician. And so it's often when we are caught up in worship, we are caught up in the heavenlies that we can hear from God. Uh, another time when we might hear from God is out in creation. When we're in creation, we are in God's creation and we connect with the creator. And 
Here at Chanctionbury, we live in the most beautiful place. And many of us are currently engaged through the month of July and August in walking the land as we pray for revival and awakening. And we can be praying and hearing the Lord. And as we are out in creation, he can draw our attention to, to so many different things and speak to our hearts. And I so often find this is the most beautiful way that he speaks to us in creation. Another way that I find uh, God often speaks to me is in the mundane. So that is part of uh, sort of not being overstimulated and over busy uh, when our minds are, are perhaps at rest. And um, I never forget years ago, I was, I was doing something incredibly mundane, which I just was so bored, I was ironing, I was basically, I had a massive pile of ironing, and I was ironing, and I was moaning to the Lord, Lord, this is so boring, and it's, I'm fed up with having to do ironing, and it's so mindless, and at that moment, I felt, I heard the Lord say, it is only when you are mindless that I can speak to you, and you can hear me, so that is the times when we need to not be overstimulated, not be so over busy, that we can have those times to just goof about, and I don't know, things like gardening, I think, are fantastic for that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's often um, as we go that, that God speaks to us. And there are certainly uh, times in my life, for instance, perhaps in church, when we are being asked to minister to others. And we can certainly feel, oh, not really feeling it today, Lord, um, I'm not really hearing from you. And, um, and I just want to hide behind a pillar. Um, uh, you know, I certainly have gone through seasons like that. But we need to, to step out, to push ourselves forward because all he's asking us to do is, is to, to minister to those he loves, to bring healing, encouragement, strength and comfort to those. And can you imagine if Moses, when he stood before the Red Sea, when God said, Moses, stretch out your hand, lift your staff. Can you imagine if Moses had said, do you know what, I'm not really feeling it today, Lord. I don't think I feel like it. I'm not really hearing very from you. Or I don't feel very full of courage or boldness. So can you just imagine? So we need to step out and just go for it. Just push yourself forward. And it's, it's kind of being obedient, I guess. And uh, so... I sometimes find if I'm sort of thinking, oh, I'm not really hearing from the Lord, I'm not in the mood or, or what have you, it's, it's often as I go or as I begin to pray. So even if in the moment I've got somebody standing in front of me who I'm ministering to and I'm sort of thinking, oh, I'm not really hearing from the Lord here, it's often as I go and I, as I start and as I pray that the words come, he partners with us, he partners with our faith and begins to flow and that's possibly then drawing on those deep reservoirs of our time with the Father, our time immersed in scriptures, drawing out uh, as we go, as we minister. So, uh, and I would just love to encourage you, if this is new to you, uh, then first of all, you need to ask God to speak to you, believe that he wants you, it says ask and you will receive, and, uh, and then begin to practice. So, practice either in a small group or in your um, KFC, whatever it is, but make a start and as you go, step out, be bold. 
So in this context, uh, once we've heard from the Lord, what next? And I, this is where I think, this is what, for me, what prophecy means. So if when we're hearing from God, uh, it's something that God spontaneous, spontaneously brings to mind. Prophecy is reporting in one's own words what God spontaneously brings to mind. And, um, and I think that sometimes we can get in a bit of a muddle uh, about what prophecy is. Because uh, I think sometimes we get a little bit hung up on always thinking that prophecy is about foretelling the future. Now, it, it can be foretelling the future. I think that that is... Um, uh, less so possibly in this side of the cross but that's definitely not to say uh, that it's not something we do but uh, I believe that prophecy is more about declaring the truth in the present and um, you know sometimes in the past when I've read in the Old Testament in Ezekiel 37 um, I don't know if you have read this story if you haven't look at Ezekiel chapter 37 um, in fact, I might just quickly turn to it. Ezekiel 37, it's this slightly odd story um, where uh, the Lord encourages Ezekiel uh, to prophesy to some dry bones, uh, which are in the valley. There were uh, these uh, dry, a, a valley full of bones. And uh, the Lord says to Ezekiel, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I've often sort of thought that's really weird. What, what, is, what does he mean, prophesy to the bones? And I think what it, what it means is um, declaring the truth in the present um, and speaking life. So if you think back to Genesis chapter 1, when God created the world, how did he do it? He spoke. And that is the mechanism that God chooses to create life and we would do well to not ignore that and to use that vehicle because we are made in the image of God we too are creative beings and so for ourselves we can uh, declare truth we can speak life this is where our words are so important and um, we need to be careful with our words as well uh, Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, there is power of death and life in the tongue. So we can uh, curse with our tongue, but also we can bring life and speak life. And so this is, as I say, the mechanism which God has chosen. So I believe that, that this is what we are doing when we are prophesying. We're prophesying life and speaking life, wholeness, healing, restoration, hope, all these things as we minister to one another. And as we do that, we also call into existence the things that are not. We, uh, Romans 4 
verse 17, talks about um, the faith of Abraham when uh, he was promised to be a father. And it says he called into existence the things that were not. So it is, it is the, the way that God has chosen to create life. So this is what prophecy is. And as we uh, read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning at verse 1, it says... Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement and consolation. And it says the one who prophesies builds up the church. And again, later at the end of that chapter, it says again, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So that uh, is something for us all to go after. And our, just looking at that again, for strength and encouragement. So our, our words should never be judgmental or harsh or uh, chastising in any way because we know as we read in Isaiah 53 that Jesus is our punishment, our chastisement, which brought us peace. So as we prophesy, we do not need to bring those harsh or judgmental words. Uh, many, many years ago, I was uh, just doing something incredibly mundane. Um, I was making the bed at home. And as I did this, I felt I heard the Lord, not an audible voice, but a powerful sense and knowing of God speaking to me. And I felt him say to me, ask me for the gift of prophecy. And I was slightly oh, that's odd, wasn't expecting that, um, okay. And it was almost uh, as, just simple as me stopping and saying, okay, Lord, please will you give me the gift of prophecy? And then I think I carried on making the bed. But then a few days later, I was part of a team uh, at a conference in Edinburgh and the person who was leading uh, the ministry asked the Holy Spirit to come. And the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit came on me so powerfully that I was not able to stand up anymore. And I sort of crashed down in my pew, pew and floods of tears came. And uh, the person, uh, my friend sitting alongside me, um, uh, very wise and experienced in ministry, she said to me, Philly, what are these tears about? And I remember saying, oh, no idea. And so she said, Lord, please would you reveal what these tears are about? At that moment, the person leading the ministry said, there is someone here who has asked for the gift of prophecy. And I went, that's me. And then a few days later, the enemy nipped around this shoulder and whispered in my ear, you made that up. And so I said, I'm not having any of that. I'm not having any sledging. Get behind me. And I asked the Lord, please, would you confirm your word? And so then I happened to be at an open meeting where, um, in fact, a team from one of the vineyard churches in America had come to minister. And uh, they were... Uh, teaching about prophecy, and then they said, uh, which was a, a John Wimber classic, which was, and now we're going to do some. 
And uh, so their team began to literally pick out people and prophesy over them. And one of their team picked me out, I was sitting right at the back. And I sort of went, who, me? And this guy said, the Lord has given you a gift of prophecy. And afterwards, I went up and I just thanked the guy and I said, thank you. That was the confirming word that I asked for. So what I want to encourage you even now to do is to ask him. Luke 11 talks about ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And of course, he is our heavenly father. We are his children. He is not going to give you something scary or horrid or harmful. He's the father who loves you. And how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Even now, pause the video, lift your gaze to him and say, God, please would you give me a gift of prophecy? Thank you, Lord, so much that you are a good, good shepherd. Thank you, Lord, that we can hear your voice. Thank you, Lord, that we can know you. You know us by name. You love us and you draw us close to you. Amen.